0: I won't ever understand My shorties be mad When all I wanna do is stick my toes in the sand There's nothing wrong with champagne, dancing and
1: such But the nightlife in the city don't impress me much
0: F-I-S-H-I-I-N Fishing I Fishing Fishing I don't feel right in the club I'd rather be out Sitting in my 14 foot some trout. the fishes all tremble at the thought of me when I'm country.
1: well, first time this spring we've had a chance to check in with Matt Brewer of North Country Guide service, the uh, guy who does everything outdoors and uh, I know you're fishing now, but uh, what uh, between uh, hunting and fishing where have you been doing? I know there's been a bunch of it.
0: Um... Well, hunting and fishing, and yes. it's wild edible season, so oh, yeah, running around cool. the woods a little bit, uh, pulling deer ticks off. <laughs> but uh, but a, a lot of hunting. I mean, uh, between between the end of ice fishing and uh, and the start of open water, I was I was chasing turkeys all over the place and helping other people get turkeys. So uh, that ate up most of my time when I wasn't when I wasn't working. So.
1: Okay. Now, I know you Yeah, I know you bounced around and uh, did some turkey hunting in a few different places. Where all did you go?
0: I started my season in Florida and then did South Dakota, um, and then both of my kids took them out in Minnesota. Um, and then this past weekend, we did the uh, Boys and Girls Club hunt uh, for the Bemidji Boys and Girls Club. Took some youth out and... Um, I've got Kansas on the docket still trying to wow. find time to squeeze down there, and I still have my Minnesota season, which opens Wednesday. So
1: <laughs> so tell me a little bit about the Boys and Girls Club hunt. What was that about?
0: Yeah, so a buddy of mine started um, the Central Minnesota Boys and Girls Club annual turkey hunt, where uh, four lucky youth that are chosen by the Boys and Girls Club get to learn about gun safety a uh, little bit of hunter education, learn about turkey hunting, and then um, two adult guides take uh, take the kids out, and they try to harvest their first turkey. So he started that several years ago, and then last year he approached me about bringing it to the Bemidji area, and uh, last year was our our first time doing it, and, and we did it again this year, and it's been really successful, and it's a really neat opportunity for the kids, um, for kids who don't get to, you don't grow up in a family like mine or like I did, where you get to uh, get to hunt and fish on a regular basis. Um, these are all kids that are new to it, so it's really, really cool.
1: Very cool, absolutely. And I'm not going to say it's uh, it's got the hype of the walleye opener, but that turkey opener and that turkey season in Minnesota is getting uh, something that people are getting really excited about now. Every spring, you you hear a lot of buzz about it.
0: Yeah, I think it, I think people are well. The bird numbers are increasing so much that it's hard to deny. And then uh, um, it gives you kind of something to do in between. Um, spring is kind of a drab season, so if you can get out in the woods and get some fresh air, it's uh, kind of a nice change of pace after a long winter. So,
1: now before we dive into fishing, one more question. Where in Florida does one find wild turkeys?
0: Everywhere. Really? Yeah, like uh, here in Minnesota we have the eastern subspecies, and, uh, they have the Eastern subspecies basically North of the Shawnee river. And then from like central Florida down South to the Everglades, they have the Osceola. So I was actually chasing the Osceola cause I'm trying to shoot a single season grand slam, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, they've got two different types of turkeys. And I mean, you, you can see them. We were down there on vacation, um, and, like, there were turkeys all over the side of the road when we were going from Orlando to the Kennedy Space Center. Like, there's turkeys everywhere down
1: there. Mm. You just, you don't expect that.
0: No, you don't, <laughs> but but they're there. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, we've had a couple of weeks of walleye season under our belts. How's it been going
0: for you? It's been good. Um, opening day was a little interesting. It was, you know, you're shaking a little bit of the rust off, and, and, uh, trying to get everything figured out with the boat and and all that fun jazz you know made it up to the rainy river and got some of that stuff done but you don't really get to run your boat all that much on the on the rainy so yeah. so you know, opening day you get to really see what uh, what your boat's going to do in the heavy waves <laughs> because it's always either rainy snowy windy and this year we had the wind so um it was really really good once we figured out a pattern but it took us uh, several hours to to piece everything together and and then once we figured that out then that's kind of continued on and uh the bite hasn't changed at all so and i think it's only going to continue to get better as the water temps warm up just a little bit here um you know before we hit that mid-june late june um heat heat wave if we ever get one yeah but uh but right now with the water temps the way they are the the fishing is absolutely fantastic
1: yeah, I feel like fishing is going to be pretty good through much of June, just because I don't think it is going to get. I don't feel like we're going to get a going to get a real warm up until like July, and that should make that June bite stay pretty strong.
0: Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if we'll even get an algae bloom this year. <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> the mayflies may never hatch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, what are you catching them on right now?
0: Jigging a shiner. Yeah. Um, if you if you can find spot tail shiners, you're you're going to do well. um, if you can't find spot tails, um, I actually don't like goldies. Um, uh, I'll switch to a rainbow if I have to. Um, but you can get them on fatheads too. And the perch are really going and the crappies are really going. So you can get a pretty good mixed bag right now. And of course the northerns are always biting on anything. You can throw a plain jig and they'll eat that. But, um, but yeah, it's, I mean, kind of, it's that time of year where you can just grab a couple different scoops of minnows. You can get some shiners for walleyes and, if you get sick of chasing walleyes or you get your limit, you can you can bounce over to a different spot and, and really do well on crappies and perch, too. So
1: Yeah, you know, and, and depending, of course, if the wind will let you on the water, I mean, every lake I've heard has, has been really, really strong so far. And I've heard more people talking about crappie than I've heard in years past this time. So I don't know if they're just getting their limits of walleyes earlier, so they're looking for something else to fish for. But, yeah, more and more people talking crappies, too.
0: Yeah, well, I think part of it has to do with, uh, again, with water temps. So they're, you know, they're still in that early, um, that early stage where they're feeding heavily, getting ready for spawn, and they're just waiting for that perfect water temp to hit so that they can get their thing done. But uh, you know, typically that's happening uh, very soon, or or is happening, and in this year things are kind of drawn out. So we're getting that uh, that early crappie bite people usually are used to anyway. Um, I think there's more education about it now, but everyone used to think that the crappies bit so well in the spring because of spawn. And actually it's because they're moving up really shallow to feed to, to get ready for spawn. But, um, I think we're still kind of in that window where they're feeding really heavily, but some of the fish are already starting to change color, which tells me they're, you know, they're hanging out shallow and they're getting, getting ready for spawn anyway. So, um, so that's going well, and the bass, kind of the same deal. They're, they're really feeding heavily, getting ready for spawn, and everything is just like either feeding really well trying to get ready or feeding really well on recovery after spawn. So it's that uh, magical time of year where you can really go out and catch up.
1: Mr. Matt Brewer from North Country Guide Service, my guest. We've got a lot more with Matt to come. Someday, I won't go fishing. Of course, I'll be dead. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. You're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Matt Brewer from North Country Guide, Service, my guest today. We were talking a little bit about the bass opener last segment. Matt, so it sounds like it's going to be a good bass opener?
0: Yeah, bass opener should be it. Absolutely fantastic
1: Now will you be Fishing bass this weekend?
0: I will not This weekend I have guide trips For smallmouth Next weekend Um, My daughter Has a birthday This weekend So um, So I'm actually Not going to be On the water On Saturday at all And then Sunday I have to do A walleye trip Um, Okay But Almost every year um, My daughter Wants to go Bass fishing On bass openers So (laughs) (laughs) So last year I took her out, and she was able to get a a 20-and-a-half-incher. So we'll see if we can beat that this year.
1: Okay. Um, So what lakes have you fished on so far?
0: Uh, Big Turtle, Kitschee, and Bemidji. So um, kind of some of the bigger bodies of water, um, and they've all been really good.
1: Okay. I've heard more from Irving uh, than Bemidji so far this year, but you you like Bemidji early.
0: I, I do it's so weird i don't like bemidji opening weekend okay um like i i've opened on bemidji a few times just a handful and uh and it's always like kind of scratching to get your limit type of thing um whereas other lakes like uh like big turtle or kitschy once you find a pot of fish you can really melee them and and you can fill the box up pretty quick um, whereas Bemidji uh, on years I've opened there, it's been like, pick up a fish here, two there, a fish here. Um, so I usually wait until like the week after opener. And I don't know mentally if it makes a difference uh, for, for me or what the deal is, but, um, I always do well, uh, after opener on Bemidji. And maybe it's the amount of people I'm, I'm not sure, but <laughs> I, I do really like Bemidji, um, and I think maybe I just try to stay away from it for a little bit too um, because I guide out there so much. So I like to hit some of the other bodies of water before, uh, before I'm stuck on but maybe every day. <laughs> okay.
1: So tell me a little bit about um, what else. You, I, I, I just remember seeing, I think, uh, one of your posts uh, that you were writing some stuff recently. Who do you write for and where can we see it?
0: Oh, um, I just submitted a, an article this morning for um, Game & Fish magazine um i write a lot for like gun digest um nra magazines uh shooting illustrated american hunters stuff like that um kind of all over the place um W publications i mean hunter and trapper uh, trapper and predator caller there's a lot of different magazines that that will call on me for um for filler stuff or or that i'll query if i have a good story idea but yeah, writing takes up a lot of my time these days, and and that's good for for guys like Jason and and uh, and Justin and Tim because if they can get out uh, get out with clients more, um, then they're happier. And and if I'm writing too much to to be able to to fish, I can always rely on them to to take people out and have a good time. So it's been it's been busy. <laughs>
1: So did the writing thing just kind of come by accident, or are you uh, somebody who was always interested in doing some writing?
0: Well, I've, I mean, I've always dabbled in writing. Um, basically, since I started guiding, it started with, like, you know, fishing reports, and then, then it turned into, hey, can you write us a how-to article on this or that? And um, I guess I've, I've always done stuff like that, places like Outdoor News and Outdoors Weekly, um, some of those smaller local regional publications, um, I've always dabbled with some of those, and then uh, oh, I guess all I need all I needed is one editor to to see something um, that they liked, and then word kind of spreads, and you start to get more pieces thrown your way, and if you can write, and they don't have to edit the heck out of it, then they they like you that much more. So,
1: so how did this uh, North Country Guides juggernaut get going?
0: It all started. <laughs> <laughs> no i i really don't know i mean i i lived on big turtle and we were fishing uh my wife and i were fishing every day and uh and actually back in the old days um when Tabor's bait was um was still around and and kind of the big bait shop in town um started guiding out of there and uh and then went off on my own and started the business and everything just kind of started to expand from there, I guess. So I really, I don't even remember like how it started or where it started or what the conversations were like. Um, but I remember my first client ever and they are still clients today, which is awesome. Wow. Um, uh, and yeah, I really don't know <laughs> how it, uh, how it all evolved, but, but it did and I'm getting gray hair and it's been like 16, 17 years, so well, it's and, moving quick.
1: And, and how many do you have on the staff now?
0: There's seven of us total.
1: Okay. Yeah. So it's just a good crew.
0: Yeah, cool. and it is a good crew. It took a long time to find the right people, but uh, I think I've got uh, a pretty good, pretty good crew right now and everyone is really passionate about the outdoors and seeing other people succeed and looking at other people's smiles when they catch fish or find their first mushroom or you know, harvest their first bear, um, stuff like that. It's a, it's a really passionate group of people. So,
1: and I know, yeah, I know you do all of that stuff. Does everybody do everything, or do you have some specialists?
0: Uh, everybody kind of tries to dabble in everything, um, but certain people are definitely, you know, specialize in in certain things. Like uh, Tim really understands muskies, um, so. If he is open and can do a musky trip, typically um, we'll let him do a musky trip. And um, Jason is really, really good with families. I guess uh, you know I, I feel like I'm pretty good with families as well, but but he's really good with kids. Um, so if there's a, a group that uh, that has a couple kids with, I'll, I'll always check to see if he's open, or or if it's like two uh, two younger guys. Um, they, they always seem to have. One with Jason because he's hilarious and and uh, they may, might not want to set the world on fire with fish, but they might want really good, funny company. And uh, Jason's perfect for that because he doesn't catch a lot of fish. So. <laughs> 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 no, he, he's a really good fisherman, but uh, but uh, his okay. uh, his attitude and and uh, his demeanor really really make it extra worthwhile. So he's a fun guy to fish with. So. Okay. and ta- Tara really likes uh, the foraging aspect, and she 's really gotten into um, being interested in in bear baiting and stuff like that so you know everybody everybody tries to do a little bit of everything but uh, but certain people definitely uh, excel in certain areas so
1: and I know she 's not the only one out there, but uh, I love the fact that Tara's really working hard. To uh, expand further into into female hunters and especially for that next generation I, I, I love that aspect
0: yeah, it's really cool and she she's one of those people she she's like the female version of me. she's got like eight million things going on at all times and uh, I really respect that and and her work ethic is is good and it's almost always for a good cause so it's good to have yeah. her on board.
1: All right. If we're going out this weekend, uh, give us uh, give us some good tips on what uh, you know uh, the uh, uh, the elevator pitch and what we should be doing for walleyes and bass.
0: What I would be doing is, and it's pretty pretty simple find a find a shallow sand or gravel flat in like seven to twelve feet of water, and uh, and those those nice gradual long. Uh, sand flats are, are a good place to start and i'd be pitching a jig and a shiner or a vertical jigging on the edge or if you can possibly find any new growth weeds um, along those sand flats you're you're going to find good concentrations of walleyes and be sure to check your own um, for your local bait shops uh, for for spot tail shiners call call ethan at, at northwoods and see if he's got shiners available and if he does try to snag him up because i every every year i fear that we're going to run out but uh but if you can get shiners and you can fish that sh- shallow sand and find a pot of fish you're going to do well yeah. um, for bass i guess you're you're kind of going to be doing the same thing looking for for weed growth or uh or fishing those those edges and uh, if you can get close to the pencil reeds um, a lot of bass are hanging out in the pencil reeds right now so those are good areas to try, or any any new growth lily pads that aren't aren't really up yet, but they're starting. Um, so you can see them down there because of the gin clear water that we have in the spring. Uh, concentrate on the, those areas, and you're going to find some fish.
1: All right, and uh, Matt, whether we want to book a trip with you or uh, any of the crew with uh, North Country Guides, how do we do that?
0: Simply go to NorthCountryGuides.com, um, or you can find us on Google and give us a call or shoot us an email.
1: Matt Brewer from North Country Guides, always great to have you on the show. Thanks for taking the time today.
0: Thank you.